Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. So glad to see each one of you here this morning. We're so glad you're here on this beautiful day. Moms, we welcome you especially. Thank you for all you do in your lives. We've got a few special things for you this morning in a few minutes. But this morning, our main purpose is to come and gather into God's presence and to worship Him for His unfailing love. His love for us is so deep, so wide, and it is it will never end, and it will never end. And so He has given us this wonderful, amazing grace to... Uh, to allow us to come into his presence this evening or this morning and to worship him in spirit and in truth. So I invite you to stand and let's worship together.
Amen, and happy Mother's Day. Take a moment before you sit down. Say hi to the person that is closest to, like, the center. And then when you do that, if you can scoot into the empty seat towards the center, that'd be great. Welcome and happy Mother's Day. We have a very full morning and a full house and an opportunity to be able to celebrate you moms. A um, couple of things we want to let you know about kind of how this morning is going to roll. It's a little bit different than what we have going on. So we are definitely going to have a, a great celebration of moms. We're also going to have a celebration of baptism. We have three, three ladies that are going to get baptized this morning. That and we're super excited about that. Um, also, we have some special music for you, and the kids are going to come in in a few minutes, and they're going to sit down and they're going to watch the baptisms. And we have a number of different things that are going on. Also, after service, we have a brunch for those of you that can stay. We we have an amazing cook team that's been working. We spent four hours doing crepes. I don't ever want to see another crepe in my life. But we got some crepes and some different things for, for brunch. Also, we have a photo booth in the bath, so you can, you can take your pictures with family, and we want to encourage you to do that. So the kids have come in because we want to train our children in the ways that they should go. And part of that is making them aware of what baptism is. Baptism is something that Jesus commanded us to do as an outward confession of faith. It is something that happened a long time ago. Even before Jesus was here, people were being baptized to declare what they believe in, or if they were, they were saying, you know, I'm a sinner. And so the Jews would wash ceremonially, and they would go through what's called a mikvah. It was kind of like a, a ceremonial bath. And then John the Baptist would come, and he would start baptizing people to make the, and they were declaring the awareness of their sins. Jesus was even baptized. Now, Jesus never sinned, did he, kids? No, but why would he need to be baptized? Because he wanted to give us an example of all righteousness and what we would do. Because he wanted to set an example of declaring a new life with that. So baptism really declares 
the outwardly the inward transformation that's taken place and that we're we're changed we're changed from the inside out we don't change from the outside in it's not like i'm going to get baptized and and washing the outside of me is going to save my inside how do we change the inside we ask who into our heart god into our heart and so we do that and so with doing that then how do we show people that we've asked God into our heart? Well, we do it through baptism. The word baptism literally means to immerse. It was a, a way that they would uh, dye clothes. So if your shirt was black, in order to make it black, they would have to take the cloth and they would have to baptize or immerse the cloth, the white cloth, into the black dye. And then the shirt would take on all of the elements of the black dye. So that was the term that was determined with that. So I want to share with you a passage out of Romans. Because as Paul was writing to the church in Rome, he wanted to explain to them really more about baptism. And some people were saying, well, you know, if God gives grace, right, when we sin, well, then let's sin a bunch more so we get more grace. Does that work that way? No, it doesn't work that way. So Paul says this, what, shit, what then shall we say? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin also live in it? Or do you not know that all of us, and get this, who have been baptized into Jesus Christ, have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Jesus was raised from the dead... Through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. So in that, Paul was trying to explain, he says, look at how do we identify with Jesus? Well, Jesus died on kids. What did Jesus die on? The cross. And after he died on the cross, what did they do with him? They put him into a tomb and they buried him. And then three days later, what did he do? He rose again. Well, if I'm a Christian today... Can I be buried with Jesus? No, because no, that happened a long time ago. So, but I can be buried with him just like in baptism. So we're going to pray, and then those that are baptized are going to be like buried with Jesus under the water and then come out of the water just like Jesus rose again. So it's a really cool picture of how we've identified with Jesus. It's a personal decision that you can make at any time in your life. And so with that, I'm going to call up Three people that are going to get baptized. Kenley Grace Coon. Where are we? Come on. Yeah, hi. <laughs> Lori Hamilton. And Phelan Vargas. Yeah, you can clap. It's okay. Good job. So with that, baptism can happen anytime. So if you're sitting right now and if you feel God tugging on your heart and you want to get baptized... I'll baptize you right now. But it's important that you can answer three questions, right? The three questions are, have you asked Jesus in your heart? When did you do it? And are you ready to get baptized? Because we've got water. So I'm going to start with Lori. Lori has her speech. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I had to write it down because I, I can't memorize things. This is Lori Hamilton. Lori, have you asked Jesus in your heart? Yes, I have. And when did you do that? I reaffirmed um, Jesus back into my heart probably about six, seven years ago. Yes. 
And why you want to get baptized? I want to be baptized because I choose life. I choose living over dying, truth over lying, grace over hating, blessing over cursing, mercy over pride, freedom over bondage, joy instead of mourning. And I choose now over too late. Very good. Thank you. Balin, you can take that. So this is Balin. Balin, have you asked Jesus into your heart? Yes. And when did you do that? Uh, the summer of 2021. And are you ready to get baptized? Yes. All right. Kenley. This is Kenley. Have you asked Jesus in your heart? Yes. And when did you do that? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. And are you ready to get baptized? <laughs> I said first grade. First grade. You're not even in fifth grade yet. No. This is what happens when you have old ears. Are you, are you ready to get baptized? Yes. All right. Well, then let's do it. So if you guys want to come back here to the back. Phelan, you want to go first? All right. Mom, you can come up. Or family. It's okay. Phoebe? All right. You turn around and sit down. It's ice cold water, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to ask that you join with me as we pray over Phelan. Father, we thank you for Phelan. We thank you for her heart for you. That it under what she wants to do is a is a dedication to you and to be in obedience. She wants to be baptized, and Lord, I would pray that you honor that even now. Holy Spirit, you would come upon her in a fresh way, and that, that all the days of her life would be anchored in in this moment in time. Not only has she accepted you, but she's following you outwardly. So, Lord, we pray blessings over her. May you keep her. May your face shine upon her. Be gracious to her. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Phelan Vargas, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. All right. All right, Kenley. Kenley's up next. You guys want to come up, take pictures? Dad, you can come up too. No, you can sit on this step. We need a booster seat for this one. <laughs> Let's pray for Kenley. Father, we thank you for Kenley. Lord, we thank you that, that she wants to follow you in baptism. Lord, how blessed it is to be able to know you early in life. Lord, may she follow you all the days of her life. I especially pray for her as she goes through adolescence and, and learning about who she is in you. That, Father, that she would also raise her household, her future household, according to your word. May she continue to, to grow in the faith and the knowledge of you, Lord Jesus. And may your spirit rest upon her. May your grace be upon her in all of this. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Kenley, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. You want to take a picture? Did you get a good picture, Mom? Okay. All right. Very good.
All right, Lori. All right. Don't get ahead of me now. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, let's pray for Lori. Father, we thank you for Lori. Lord, I thank you for her heart. And having known her for a number of years, and yeah, just her desire for the truth of your word. And wanting to follow in obedience. Lord, I know that, that, her, that her heart is set in, in being that obedient woman of God. And Lord, I thank you for just uh, how she desires to draw closer to you and in their personal journey. And Lord, having heard her personal journey, I know that you are doing amazing work and you're not done with her yet. There are so many more things that you have for her. And as she follows in obedience to me, those doors open accordingly. We pray blessings over her. Father, as she does this, Lord, we know that uh, it will be an anchor for her, something solid for her to hang on to. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for the gift of baptism and identifying with you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Hold your nose. Lori Hamilton, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We've got a nice treat here for you. We've got Aspen and Cabela that are going to sing some special music. Beth, go ahead. Oh, 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 oh. So 
children you're dismissed to head back downstairs to your Sunday school classes thank you so much for all your help this morning and ushers if you would uh, prepare to receive the offering we're going to continue to worship God as we give uh, as we give this morning out of the blessing of our resources that he's given to us and then we'll also continue as we worship through song this morning let me pray over the uh, offering and then ushers if you'd please receive it. Father God, we thank you and we rejoice in your goodness to us. And we thank you that your love is unfailing and that it echoes in our soul and that you never leave us, you never forsake us. Thank you for all that you provide for us, all that you give to us. We give now back to you as an act of worship. We ask you would bless it and receive our worship through song as well this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Those walls that we call sin and shame. They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are rubble now. Remember those giants we call death and grave.
Speak through Pastor Carrie today and just open the Bible and just help the words to come through our heart, God. Thank you for everything that you do in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you forever.
Unfailing love. Love is, yeah, I know that was a dirty trick, wasn't it? That's why there's Kleenex on the ends of the rows. I got to, I, I got to confess, I showed it to Wendy and she said, look, she, she was like this. But you know, the good thing is I know you all have a heart. We think about unfailing love and, and what is unfailing love? It's a love that continues on and on and on, has no ends, and as powerful as a mother's love is, and it's powerful, there's a love that goes beyond. Now, some of you here might say, well, you know, I didn't experience that kind of love from my mom. You know, when we look at Father's Day, the same kind of thing, I didn't experience that kind of love from my dad, but I can tell you this, that God has a love that is far greater than any human love that ever exists within this. As close as, as we can come to understanding what love is in the human sense, God's love is much greater. I want to teach you a word. You've got you to try to say it without spraying it. Chesed. Can you say that? Chesed. Chesed is a word that means long-suffering. And... This Hesed love in the Bible is used to describe God's love for us. It's a long-suffering love or a love that suffers long, a love that has no ending. And that's what I want to look at this morning is this unfailing love. What is this unfailing love and how does a mother's love reflect the Hesed love of God? Because it does in four different ways within that. And we say, well, I'll love you forever. While we want to say that in the human sense, God can actually say that in his existence. Forever is a really, really long time. Let me pray as we get into God's word. God, I thank you for your chesed love. I thank you that you give to us a love that is so far beyond our comprehension that when we fall into it, it's like falling into a deep, deep well. The more that we go down, the more love we're in. And the more that we know that we're loved. Lord, I pray that each and every person would experience that kind of love even this morning. Lord, we thank you for mothers and all that they mean, but we know that they are just a, a tangible reflection of your love for us. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Maureen Hawkins once said this, before you were conceived, I wanted you. Before you were born, I loved you. Before, you, before an hour, you were an hour old, I would die for you. This is the miracle of life. I reflect on that quote because I believe it to be true of God. Before you were born, God loved you. Before you were, you were even conceived, God knew of you. Before you were an hour old, God determined that, God, that he would send his son, Jesus, to die on the cross on your behalf. So we think about love. We use love in a lot of different ways. I love In-N-Out burgers. But not the same way I love my wife, not the same way I love my grandkids. We use love in a lot of different ways. But love, by definition, really is an attachment. It's an attachment of the heart and the emotion to something that is there. And when there's a mother-child relationship, it is a unique bond 
that us men, we don't get. You know why we don't get it? Because a child is part, physically, biologically, part of that mother. From the moment of conception. But I got to thinking about this. I have a, a granddaughter that can be born at any time. My other granddaughter, who's the only granddaughter that I've got, I've got three grandsons and a granddaughter. She cannot wait for this other granddaughter to be born. She's outnumbered. But you think about little girls and, and how little girls will attach themselves to dolls and, and playhouse and, and all of that. There is this biological instinct that happens in a connection. And you think about a mom that you know, wants to have a baby and have a child and, and carries that child for nine months, goes through morning sickness and stretch marks and all of the different things that goes along with that. And that pain and suffering, and as men, we say what? Lord bless you. <laughs> because quite honestly, guys, we don't want it. We, we could not do it. But there is this love, and you think about the bond of a mother to a child and how they are knit together and their hearts are knit together. And within that, it's, it's this connection that develops in an amazing, unconditional love. That, that a mother will have for a child. And I would say it even happens from a mother to any child that she takes in as her own. Could be an adopted child, could be a foster child, could be any of these things. Because women, you have such a special gift to love far beyond what we men can even understand. You have that capacity to be able to do that. This mother's love is so unconditional and amazing with that. And, and this attachment is there. But how much more is the love of God? You know, the Bible depicts God as a mother for, for his children within this. He demonstrates that love towards us. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15, it says this. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. And even these may forget, but God says, I will not forget you. There are some women that would have a child and forget their child and, and move on and within that. Why? Because it's in, there's a sin nature within the human nature, and, and within that, they can. What we've got to be careful not to do is to say, well, because my mother was this way or because my father was this way, God, you must be like this. God's not. They're, they're a, a dimly lit reflection of the love of God. And in Isaiah, it, he says, look it, I'm not going to forget you. What was going on? Israel was going to go into captivity. Judah was about to go under the, under the control of Babylon because they'd been rebellious and rebellious and rebellious and rebellious. And God said, enough. I'm going to send you into captivity. He's going to discipline them as his child. But the concern of the people of the land was, if we go into captivity, God, you're turning your back on us. Are you going to forget us when you turn your back on us? And God says, no. Disciplining a child is really, really hard. And if you ever disciplined a child and that child felt like you hated them in the process of discipline, that's a normal human response within that. Because we look at things in, in a basis of a conditional love. 
But God disciplines and corrects those whom he loves, and he will never forget you in, even in the condition of discipline. Do you know God brought Israel back into the land? And then they went back out, 70 A.D. And you know God's got a plan to bring them back and restore them and redeem them within this. And so in that same way, even though a human mother can turn her back, God never turns his back on his people God never gives up. Unconditional. Do you realize that there is absolutely nothing that you can do that changes God's love for you? There is absolutely nothing that will cause God to stop loving you. And I have talked with so many people. They say, well, Carrie, I've, I've really blown it. You don't understand what I've done. I may not. But God does. How can God take me back? How can God forgive me? I, I've done this. I've done that. I've turned my back on him so many times. And there's always a pathway back because God's love is the pathway back. In Romans chapter 8, verses 37 to 39 says this. But in all these things, we are overwhelmingly conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We look at that and we say, wow. You know, again, doing so much family counseling that I do, and talking with families, and hearing the hearts of mothers and fathers break, over the disobedience and the rebellion of their children. And the children not really understanding how deep that love that they have for them and, and how easy it is for them to come back and just bask in that love and be in that love. And they think, well, I can't come back. Yeah, you can. And we can't impose that on God. God loves you even when you appear to be unlovable. Have you ever appeared to be unlovable? Mm-hmm. Sure. There's an old saying, it's kind of hard to hug a porcupine. <laughs> Try it sometime. But we look at this, and, and so many times, we become that porcupine. You know, it's a funny thing when kids become adolescents. They don't like to be hugged. Unless you set up a pattern of hugging them when they're young. And, and if that's part of the pattern, it works. But if you come in, they're like, oh, you're weird. You know, the best thing is hug them in front of their friends. <laughs> but it's these hugs that are a demonstration of love. Do you know that God demonstrated his love for you? Romans 5.8 says, while I was yet a sinner, but God demonstrated his love towards us that while I was yet a sinner, Jesus died for me. God demonstrated his unconditional love while you were yet a rebellious sinner. Jesus died for you. There is absolutely nothing that can separate you from the love of God. And you might feel afar off today. Like, I'm not really close to God. I don't have a pathway back. I don't understand how God can ever forgive me. Understand this. God loves you. And God wants to embrace you. And so, the first thing we understand is that this, this chesed is unconditional. The second thing that we know about Hesed 
is it's sacrificial. It's a love at all costs. There was a story years ago, and I'll read it to you. A young mother was making her way across the hills of South Wales, carrying a tiny baby in her arm. And when she was overtaken by a blinding blizzard, she never reached her destination alive. And when the blizzard had subsided, her body was found beneath the snow. The searchers discovered that before her death, she had taken off all her outer clothing and wrapped it around her baby. When they had unwrapped the child, to their great surprise and joy, they found he was alive and well. She had given her life for her child, proving the depth of her motherly love. Years later, that child was David Lloyd George, grown to manhood, became the Prime Minister of Great Britain, and without a doubt, one of England's greatest statesmen. Powerful love. Do you picture that in your mind? Having to make that decision, I'm not going to make it, but I will sacrifice all. I will take off all of my, my clothing and I'm going to wrap this child up and huddle that child so that child will live. We even see that in illustrations today in many events, in our local events, where mothers have given their lives to protect their children from the onslaught of evil people, even in the news. For nine months, moms, you carried this child. In many ways, in that pregnancy, you are giving your life, you are sacrificing yourself to bring this child into this world. What a powerful, powerful thing to do to think about this. You think of the countless sleepless nights that moms will have laying on the floor in the bedroom because their child is sick. And you think of how many countless areas of bodily fluid that have been all over the place that you've had to clean up. And the dads are going, you got this? Good, I'm glad. And moms go, yeah, I got this. The ability to do that is amazing, this sacrificial love. Uh, you think about how many times moms are last to eat, get the kids fed and, and taken care of, and, and your plate is last only to get a little bit or, or, or not at all, or preparing the meals. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 27, this, 27, 31, 27 says this, in, in this Proverbs 31, she looks well to the way of her household and does not eat the food of idleness. This, this mom, always looking ahead within that, this sacrificial love for others. But how much so did God demonstrate sacrificial love? You know, when He gave His Son Jesus within this. We think of an account, and I got to thinking, what does that really look like? How do you define sacrificial love? In 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 to 28, it says this, 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 to 28, says this, And then two women were harlots and came to the king and stood before him. One woman said, O oh my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a child while she was in the house. It happened on the third day after I gave birth that this woman also gave birth to a child. We're together. And there was no stranger with us in the house and only two of us in the house. This woman's son died in the night because she lay on. She rose in the middle of the night and took my son 
from beside me. Your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead son in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, behold, he was dead. But when I looked at him carefully in the morning, behold, it was not my son whom I had before. And then the other woman said, no, for the living one is my son and the dead one is your son. But the first woman said, no, the dead one is your son and the living one is my son. Thus they spoke before the king. As the account goes, they plead this case. Now, King Solomon, who was the wisest man that ever lived, was given this wisdom by God. And, and imagine being Solomon. You've got to figure this out. You've got two women that come and they say, well, it's my son, it's my son, it's my son. Solomon wisely says this, bring me a sword. Cut the child in half. And then both women will at least have something. Now, where's the wisdom in that? Solomon knew that the true mother would rather give her child to a stranger, to this woman, and let that child live rather than kill the child. The other woman said, yeah, go ahead, let's do this. That told Solomon all he needed to know. He knew who was the real mother. You know, I applaud mothers that give birth to a child and knowingly, they cannot, at that point in time, raise that child within their home. They don't have the means. They don't have the support. And so they give that child up for adoption. So that someone else would be able to raise that child. Is that mother any less of a mother? Oh, no. Oh, no. That mother is demonstrating motherly love. Hesed love. Sacrificial love where that child is given up for adoption. We know, I know many people that have children that they've adopted as a result of that. That's Hesed love. To be able to give up your child on behalf of somebody else within this. In this sacrificial solution. And in this, God demonstrated the same sacrificial love. A passage we're all familiar with, but I want to read it to you slowly. Listen to the words. In John 3.16 and 17. For God so loved the world that He gave His only, one-of-a-kind, monogenous, unique Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. God gave up His Son sacrificially so that you would be given the opportunity to have life. His one and only Son. It's a gift. It's hesed. It's love. And so love is unconditional. Hesed is unconditional. Hesed is sacrificial. Hesed is also timeless. We think about love. And as we saw in the video, it says, I'll love you forever. That's a pretty big claim. To be able to say, I love you forever. And we think about when love begins. Most love begins at early childhood. When they come to the idea of this whole idea of having kids and, and, and going on. And in this, we think about the many mothers that have experienced grief of loss and death of a, of a child. Is that love for that child that they've lost? 
any less of a love for a mother who has a child that's still living? No, it's the same. And some of you moms here have lost children. And that's tough. It's hard because your love is just the same for the living child. The difficulty is many people don't get that. They don't understand that. That kind of love. That kind of timeless love. Where your heart is connected to that individual. To that child. Knit together as one. In a union that cannot be separated within that. And that mother's love is real. But how much more is God's love timeless? I got to thinking about this. An eternal God with an eternal existence began loving you in eternity. Before you were ever born, before the worlds were created and all of these things, God did not first think of you at conception. It wasn't like your mom got pregnant and went, Oh, there's going to be a baby. I love that one. No. God knows you, knew you, before the worlds were ever formed and chose you to be the recipient of His love and His grace. Your existence is not an accident. Your existence is intentional. You know, I was, we were talking yesterday at a, at a funeral service and somebody said that uh, they ran into another individual that says, hey, I know your mom. And, and, you know, when she got pregnant with you, you were an accident. And I went, wow. How do you say that to somebody? First of all, there are no accidents with God. And, and everything that happens is according to God's sovereign will. Your existence is intentional. And the length of time that you exist on this earth is intentional. And it's a love that is eternal. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3 says this. The Lord appeared to him from afar saying this. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. God has loved you with an eternal love before the creations of the world. And when the time was appropriate, when you were at whatever age, whatever stage, God said, I am going to draw you to myself with my love. In ourselves, in our natural state, we will not choose God. But God chooses us. And God draws us to Himself. How? So many different ways. But primarily, it's His love that draws us. You are not an accident. You are an intentional child of God. And you can declare that and own that within that. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 5 says this, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. Note, in love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself according to the kindness and intentions of His will. In love. You weren't chosen because you were pretty. You can look in the mirror. That's okay. You weren't chosen because you were great. You were a great personality or these other things. 
God does not choose on the outward. God chooses on the inward. And He chose you. And He loves you. And His Hesed love was the same for as it was for Israel and the same is for us. God's love never fails. It's timeless. It's sacrificial. And God's love is permanent. God's love never fails. And I looked up this, this concept, this idea of never failing, this never failing love. One commentator describes it as, as this. God's love never collapses in defeat, never is destroyed, never comes up short, and never fails in its power. God's love never ceases to exist in heaven. God's love is never temporary on earth. God's love is never conditional. God never fails in His love. And love is the essence of God. It's who He is. 1 John 4.16 We have come to know Him and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in Him. You cannot separate love from God. It doesn't say God is like love. We know that God does love from the verb, but God is the definition of love. And the one who abides in God by placing your faith and trust in Jesus, that sin is removed, we're put into a relationship with Him. The one is in that place is abiding in love. That truly is a love forever. It's a love forever because it began before the foundations of the world and will continue far beyond the earth's existence. It never changes. It's never conditional. You'll never work your way out. God demonstrated that love at all costs for you. And it's interesting. We look at these words, grace and mercy. As we've been studying on Wednesday nights, grace and mercy is the means by which God demonstrates His love. You say, well, I, 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 great, God loves me. How do I know God loves me? He shows mercy. What is mercy? Not getting what you deserve. What does that mean? It means simply this. I deserve hell. I deserve judgment. I deserve to be removed from all eternity because of my sin. And God says, I'm going to judge your sin on my son so that you could become my son. God shows mercy and He shows this love through showing mercy. And God also shows love through showing grace. Not only will I not judge your sin, but I will adopt you as my child, as my son. And I will give you all blessings, all blessings, as the child of God. All the inheritance, all the joy. The one who abides in God really knows the love of God. We can get frustrated with God because God doesn't do things the way that we want to. But it doesn't change God's love for us. No different than your kids getting frustrated with you because you tell them no. It doesn't change your love for them. 
We can be rebellious. We can say, well, you, you don't love me anymore. If you really love me, you give me that new Xbox or whatever it is. And as a parent, you know that not to be true. You love them. Love sometimes means yes. Love sometimes means no. Love is not based on conditions or lovability. Love is far, far deeper than that. It has no limits. It loves at all costs. It is timeless. And love is not temporary. And if you want to know really what love is, explore the love of God. It will blow your mind. It's amazing. Let's pray. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for the fact that, that you have an a amazing gift that you want to give to every person that will receive it. It's the gift of love. It's a love that has no limits. There is nobody beyond the reach of your love. doesn't matter how far they go or what they do. God, you, you give love at all costs. How do we know that? You gave your Son to die in our place. And whoever puts their trust and faith in Him will be saved. God, your love is timeless. Because you're an eternal God, that same quality of love exists in eternity, will always be. Billions and billions of years from now, you will love us with the same kind of love that you had for us before the foundations of the world. That's why your love is not temporary, but it's permanent. I pray, Father, that there are those that are here that maybe don't know your love. That this Mother's Day, they would receive that gift of love. They would say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I want to receive your love and your forgiveness. Fill my heart with love. Your love. Adopt me as your child, God. That I might be born again. And know your love for the rest of my days. If you pray that prayer, or something like it, and you give your heart to Jesus, He will give you the heart of God back. I thank you for this. I thank you for this time. Now, may we worship you. From the darkness I called your name Into darkness your mercy You called me out, lifted me up How great is your love You bore my weakness, you took Buried my burdens in fields of grace. You called me out, lifted me up. How great is your love. From the heights of heaven, you stepped down to earth. You gave life to us and we are amazed. Yes, we 
love that you have for us is amazing. We will never find the bottom of the well of love that you have for us as we just fall deeper and deeper in love with you. We're just finding out how much deeper your love is for us. We'll spend all eternity learning about it. Lord, we thank you for our moms. 
our wives. We thank you for these women. And we celebrate them today. Lord, we pray blessing over them. We pray that you would keep them and your face would shine upon them. Be gracious to them, we pray. May you lift up your countenance upon them. That their countenance would be lifted up. May you smile upon them. That everything that they say and do would make you smile. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen and praise Jesus. Thanks for joining us in the study of God's Word with Pastor Kerry Wacker. We'd love to have you join us in person for worship each Sunday morning at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. We also meet Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Warren Community Fellowship is located at 56523 Columbia River Highway in Warren, Oregon, between Scappoose and St. Helens. For more information about Warren Community Fellowship or about WCF Ministries, call us at 503-397-4387. And don't forget to like us on Facebook.